Hi, David here. Starting this week and continuing on to next week's podcast episode, I've got my good friend, Mr. Rob Swanson, and we are discussing his eight rules for investing. On this week, we'll get through about rule number three, and then we'll continue on with rule number four through eight in next week's podcast interview. You're going to love this session with Rob Swanson. It's a great conversation. Well, good day, everyone. This is Dr. David Phelps of the Freedom Founders Mastermind Community and Dentist Freedom Blueprint Podcast. Well, I've got one of our repeat offenders, I mean, repeat guests back uh, here on the, on, the, on the call today on the interview. Uh, uh, I say that in jest because he's a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Rob Swanson. Rob, how are you doing, sir? David, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me back. Look forward to it. You know, that it's, it's such a, a privilege and honor for me to get to bring people that I, that I know well. Uh, it's never not always the case. Sometimes we get, you know, just like you do, Rob, we get a chance to, you know, interview people that, uh, that we maybe read books on or maybe they've got a podcast and we don't know them well. And that's a great way to get started. But uh, it's a privilege to get to interview someone who I do know well uh, because we spent time together in other groups, uh, small groups, mastermind groups, uh, where you get to know, like, who's the person behind the person. Uh, yep. you've got a, you've got a, you've got a, a strong presence and a track record in the industry. And we'll go into a little bit about what that is before we jump into the topic today. Uh, but you know, I, what I, what I like about you and other people that I have the chance, uh, and the opportunity to get to know better, you know, is, is, is the character, uh, who makes you what you are, what do you stand for? Uh, sure. You know how to make money. Sure. You love real estate. Like a lot of us do, but what, you know, what really makes your character, who you are. And we'll talk a little bit about some of those principles today. So anyway, I just want to thank you for being here, Rob. Um, just, you, you've got, you've just like a lot of us, you have a, you have a, a history and a background uh, that wasn't a straight line to where you are today. Um, you started out like a lot of us uh, in, uh, uh, in academia, um, you know, searching for a, a career path that would provide uh, freedom and security. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Uh, so just give us that little bit of background uh, so we can, then we can charge forward to, to the, to today, to where we are today. Yeah, for sure. I'll give you uh, I'll give you the short and condensed version. Um, you know, my, my wife and I have uh, been together now almost 32 years. And back when we were dating in high school, I remember taking her on a date and we were walking down the, the mall in St. Cloud, Minnesota. And this is back in the late 80s. And I looked, they had a brand new uh, Lincoln Mark V little you know, kind of the sports car Lincoln of the day. Yeah. And I thought, man, someday, someday I'm going to own that. Like I had no idea how, and you know, it wasn't a Lamborghini. It wasn't a Ferrari. It was this Lincoln Mark five. And I thought it was pretty cool. And I, and I liked it. And, um, and I remember telling my wife someday or my, my girlfriend at the time who became my wife someday, uh, I'm going to own something like that. And she goes, how, how are you going to do that? And I said, well, I'm going to own stuff to own that. Wow. And, and it, you know, I, I didn't really know what I was saying at the time. I thought, you know, I, I was planning to go to college for an engineering degree and yada, yada, yada. And I did that. I pursued the, that kind of traditional path of education, which, you know, I think back in the, in the eighties was even a little bit more, easy to do and maybe a little bit more valuable than it is today. Um, and, and so I, I pursued that. I did a, an engineering degree. I got a civil engineering degree and I came out of college and I started working in a couple of different engineering firms and the engineering firms, I, I always had this idea that maybe, maybe I would own the engineering firm at some point. And, um, 
what, what ended up happening is I realized I was in the construction engineering field. And so I was working, a lot of my clients were contractors and, you know, I'm the, I'm the educated engineer that comes out of college and I'm working with contractors who are, you know, telling, uh, front end loaders where to go and where to move the dirt and you know how to pour the concrete and I have this arrogance about me as this youth that I thought man I'm you know I'm smart I got this education and what I realized very quickly was that they were making millions and I was billing hours Mm. and I figured out how to flip over to the other side of of that table and I, and that was where my education began and, or I, I shouldn't say it's where my education began. It began earlier, but it's where my education began to take fruit. And I began to apply some of this. I, I switched over to the construction world and uh, I came into the business. And in the first year, I was one of three senior project managers and estimators and I outbid the other two guys and out project managed the other two guys literally on a five to one ratio. And, um, and so I got into the thing at the end of the year. Um, I just, I wasn't happy with where we were going. I wasn't happy with how things were playing out. I didn't really have control over my future. So I ended up in a, in a seminar uh, Wednesday night, Denver Marriott, 7 PM downtown. And I was introduced to real estate investing. And I went into this seminar to learn and not buy anything. Mm-hmm. I walked out buying something <laughs> because I was, I was so convinced after watching the presentation that I could do that. And I didn't even exactly know what that was, but I felt like I could do that. And it would, it would kick my career off. And in the direction that I wanted to go. So long story short, uh, I ultimately uh, left the construction uh, industry and and construction job. And coincidentally, the day that I resigned, um, the the owner of the construction company um, told me that um, I wasn't gonna make it and that, that I was making a bad decision and that I should reconsider. And uh, I didn't and I left. And, and here we are, you know, 20 plus years later, um, I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy I walked out uh, that particular day. So then the journey of real estate investing, David, we can get into some of that stuff along the way, but that I wanted, I wanted kind of the backstory catalyst to be there for people to just kind of understand how did this thing happen? I, I really appreciate that, Rob, because I think, you know, if we looked at the biographies of people that we would consider successful in whatever realm today if you go back and read is usually there's some kind of a turning point there's a decision that was made somewhere in in you know the earlier the better now these kind of decisions like like what you made um in this case takes a lot of guts it takes a lot of guts because the world people around you oftentimes a spouse who loves the heck out of us would say what are you doing you you, you're giving up all of this future that you know looks so good so grandiose and yet in your mind you've been studying looking discerning uh and and seeing a different world and and really i mean other than maybe going to the seminar on real estate maybe there's some other things you were reading that was giving you a little bit more direction but it's hard to go against the mainstream isn't it yeah it, it it's really hard to go against the mainstream 
Um, and, you know, I've been a consumer of knowledge for 20 some years. And, you know, when I was when I was in high school and college, high school came easy to me. I never brought a book home my senior year. I graduated with like a 3.8 or 3.9 GPA. College was easy for me. I graduated with a 3.01 because I wanted to graduate with a B average. And I went mountain biking every single weekend. And I it, you know, that was easy to me. But back then I had this, I had this thing that I would always say, I would say, I don't, I'm not a reader. I don't like to read. I don't read books. And if it's a magazine article over three pages, it's not for me. And I thought I used to say that. And my wife knew me from the time I was 17. And she remembers me saying this as a younger man and, and into my maybe mid twenties. And I look back at that and I think, how, what a terrible philosophy. And, and <laughs> something woke me up at some point along the way. And I'm a voracious reader today. I love to read. I probably buy four or five books a week. Yeah. And my, my library is just, just packed. And, yeah. and so knowledge, David, I guess where, where I'm going with that is the pursuit of knowledge makes the, the understanding of how to take those next steps, no matter what is in front of you, so much easier. Yeah, books, uh, knowledge just open the door. It, 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 it opens your mind up to the possibilities. Yeah. I, think, I think people, unfortunately, that, you know, like you went through school and, you know, you know you're, you're, you're obviously, you know, gifted in able to, uh, well, do what school wants us to do without memorizing, regurgitate for the most part, but, you know, you're gifted to doing that. So it's, it's easy. Uh, people, people get to a certain point in life where they've achieved what society says was the achievement level to get to, right. you know, the degree, right? Kind of the degree, right. whatever that is. And then they quit. It's like, well, I'm, I've made it there. I'm done. It's like, now I just go do my work. Well, but that's, that's just like kind of in a rut. Like, why don't you want to continue to evolve? Yeah, it's a starting place. It's good for you. Congratulations, yep. you, you know, you did that. But it's like, why don't you want to evolve? Because to me, that's what life's about. It's like, it's like if you don't want to continue to challenge yourself, then why, why do you exist? I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, that's I'm right. Kind of, that's kind right. of getting the weeds there, but well, um, so so anyway, yeah, you went on, and, and I mean, your your resume, if you will, uh, going back decades. You know, you started out, as you said, you know, active, you know, real estate investor. You've done it all, wholesaling and flipping and investing yep. for the long haul, um, active real estate company. Uh, you were the founder of the Colorado Property Investors Association uh, there yep. in the Denver area. So you got really involved and, um, you know, I mean, I know there's lots of iterations in between, uh, but, you know, today uh, your company is Freedom Soft. Why don't you tell people a little bit about what that's about and just so they have context? Yeah, I, uh, I figured out a few, uh, you know, years ago now that if I was going to be successful in, in business or as a real estate investor, I had to get really good at, at two things. I had to really get good at marketing and I had to get really good at sales. And what I, what I realized is that marketing and sales are just understanding human nature and solving mm -hmm. problems. Yep. And on top of the human nature solving problems, there's then offer value. And so, you know, Freedom Soft today came about because I figured out that I had to get good at sales and marketing. I became a really good lead generator for distressed real estate investment properties. I got really good at it. And so I was a, I was a wholesaler 
here in the Denver area, as well as in multiple markets across the country. And so I was the guy that would source deals. And, you know, back in the day, this is going way back, you know, you had to call the, um, uh, the, the local um, uh, uh, newspaper, uh, the classified section on a, on a Thursday afternoon in order to place your classified ad for $319 in the paper Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then wait for your phone to ring. And, you know, you got to go check your answering machine, you know, 12 (laughs) times a day because you don't want to miss that lead, right? Right. That's how far back I went in this business. And fast forward today, FreedomSoft is a real estate investing software. And we focus on a few things. We focus on helping real estate investors build marketing lists and generate motivated seller leads. We also help them keep everything organized. So instead of, you know, run into your answering machine, you've got one login on your screen or on your cell phone, and you can see all of your leads and see the status of where your pipeline is. And then we trigger and run a whole bunch of automation. And that whole business is built around a phone system because if you're the deal finder guy in real estate, you're, you're talking to people over the phone. And uh, so we built our software around a, a phone system to make that whole interaction easy. So that's, that's where we are today. Um, I still actively buy real estate. Um, I, I just, my, my daughter, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. Uh, my daughter just launched her first She's 22. Actually, she's 23 today. And oh. she just launched her first thousand postcards to a marketing list to get inbound leads so that she can start buying her own deals. Fantastic. Pretty that, cool. That, that, that is so good. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. So, so yeah, so definitely, as you said, uh, sales and marketing, um, innovating to solve problems, uh, the value proposition, uh, you, you're, you're excellent at that uh, and all those char- characteristics. I want to talk to you a little bit about something that you brought up at one of our recent meetings where we were together and you come up with some principles and you know I love principles. I think principles, yep. uh, you know, principles beget the strategies which beget the, the tactics and too many people do it the other way around. They just grab at stuff and they have no idea yep. why they're doing it and it's a hodgepodge. So your eight rules for investing. Um, let's yep. go down the list and talk a little bit about each one of them. And I think this will be really good for people to hear this. So I'll let you let you take it down down that list. Yeah, um, I, I'd love to. Um, I, I will let me do this, David, let me give the list okay. so that people can kind of see the process of where we're going to start and land. And then we'll go back and we'll talk about each one. So my eight rules for investing, and, and this is how I make decisions around investments. I'm looking for the word simple, system, scale, margin, cash flow, risk, headache factor, and lifestyle. Those those eight things, simple system, scale, margin, cash flow, risk, headache factor, and lifestyle. Those eight things are, are what I look at and make a decision. Do I want to in, go this direction in an investment? Do I want to make this investment? This helps me guide those business and investing decisions. So simple is, is really this. 
I'm interested in something that is not overly complicated because I want it to be simple. I want the business, my ability to understand the business to be simple. I want the, the operation of the business to be relatively simple. Um, I, I, want, I want general simplicity in my businesses and in my investments. And the reason I want that is if it's simple, not only can I, but somebody else can do it. And I want to build a business and investments that are simple enough that other people can plug in and do, and I can step back. So simple is, is the number one thing that I look for. The second thing is system. So if it's simple and I can build a system, then not only will I do it, but somebody else will too. So simple is all about somebody can mm -hmm. do it. System is all about somebody will do it. And, you know, I've found in different businesses along the way, I've, I've really discovered the value of processes and procedures and keeping things simple and building a system that somebody can follow. And if you can lean in and either do that yourself or, or find somebody somebody in your world of influence has the skill set to come in and look at your operation look at your business look at your investments and simplify it and put systems around it if that's not you somebody has that ability to do it and system is is so big because system leads them to scale exactly and so scale is all about getting significantly more out without putting more in and if it's just if it's simple if i can build a system and then if i can get out of the way and let that system work i'm interested in businesses and investments that will scale so those first three kind of set the 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 framework and the premise like everybody talks david and you've heard this about scale and everybody wants to scale and scale and scale well most people don't go back to those first two things and say, well, is it, is it simple enough? Have I built a system around it? And can I get out of the way and let it scale, right? There's obviously there's, there's audience size, there's, there's other things that are constraints to scale. But you know, when I look at a business, those are the first three things that I, that I start with. Well, and, and, and to, to the part of the part of the the name that goes into our respective companies, Freedom Soft, Freedom Founders, is how do you have freedom if you don't have something that's simple enough that someone else can do and the systems in place to scale it? If it's always yeah. dependent upon you, no matter how smart you are, how innovative yeah. you are, how good you are with some technical skills, which yeah. certainly can earn money by trading time for dollars, but yeah, there's no scale to it. There, there is no freedom to that. And that's what I think you and I both discovered early on. Well, when you said, when you told your girlfriend, soon to be wife, um, I'm going to own stuff where I can get that, <laughs> that they will buy that for me. So, so that's really good. I think that's, that's so important. And this is not the way we're trained in school, is it? No. I mean, conventional school, I should say, uh, public right. school, uh, the government school system uh, does not want us to think this the way they want our kids to be the workers and never yeah. have the capability to think about uh, scaling a, an innovating something simple to a point where we can scale it. All right, I'll let yeah. you take it from there. All right, that will conclude my conversation with Rob Swanson for this week. 
But next week, we'll be back and we'll finish up with the rest of his eight rules for investing. I know you enjoyed this first set of rules and we'll finish up next week. Don't miss it. I'll see you then.